1: Good morning Las Vegas. It's producer Leila Mohammed here to host our Friday news roundup. To top things off on our booze week, co-host David Figler and bartender at Esther's Kitchen downtown, Jonah Gibbs joins me today. We're talking about the new Downtown Las Vegas slogan, the return of Heldorado days, and some controversial events that we saw go by this week. Happy Friday, it's January 20th, 2023. I'm Layla Mohammed and this is CityCast Las Vegas. All right, hello, good morning, David and Jonah. How are you guys this morning?
2: Good morning. How are we doing?
1: Great. Jonah, we're so excited to have you joining us today. And since it's the last day of our booze week, we've asked you to come up with a special cocktail pairing for each of our topics this week from the news. So first up, the city of Las Vegas announced that downtown Las Vegas has a new multimedia campaign, including video, digital and social media, print and billboards. In the video, that was shared on social media. Over 40 influencers and community members were featured in a very intense black and white collage with a spoken word poem over it. It don't
3: matter who you are. You can be a judge, doctor, lawyer, or banker. A technocrat, bureaucrat, diplomat, or help cat. Tech god, tech startup, starving artist, or symphony performer.
1: Um, we saw some familiar faces like Jonathan Jossel at the Plaza, who we had on the podcast last week. We saw the Luruvo building. And the marketing company said it was a rallying cry and a celebration of the community's movers and shakers.
3: I don't care if you're a photographer, restaurateur, raconteur or brain researcher, bail bondsman, bond trader, casino baron or barista, it don't matter. Here, we reject all labels and welcome all comers.
1: And this was all funded by the American Rescue Plan, which is a part of the city's recovery effort. So that new slogan is down for anything, which kind of reminds me of trying to set up a date with someone who's noncommittal. But we don't need to talk about that. (laughs) Downtown. So, Jenna, we're excited to have you on to let us know what cocktail we should be drinking as we even talk about the new slogan.
2: Oh, and hey, Layla, before we let Jonah jump in on what cocktail pairs with the, I don't know, the downtown DTF or whatever the new slogan is, I just got to tell you, Jonah is a master mixologist. He serves them up over at, at Esther's, and Esther's is so well known for, like, inventive new cocktails every season, and Jonah is right in the mix of that, so we are definitely in for a treat. So, Ooh,
1: great. Yeah. Jonah, let, let's let hear it. What's that cocktail? So, I
3: hope that I can live up to all of those things that David just said, but (laughs) uh, I picked the uh, Trinidad Sour. It's a modern classic cocktail created by Giuseppe Gonzalez with a base of rye and Angostura bitters. Bitters are typically a modifier in a cocktail. It's something that you would only put a couple of drops in, Mm. but he uses it as kind of a main ingredient. So, with this idea of being sort of down for anything, the idea of using something that sort of esoteric is a cool idea to me.
1: Ooh, that sounds really good and fitting. So, David, how do you feel about that? I know that this About that new cocktail? Ad... I'm in. <laughs> Ooh, yes. With the cocktail and this new ad, I know it got you up in arms when you saw that video. Tell me why you're not a fan.
2: Okay. I'm, I'm going to try to practice good etiquette and start with the positive and the nice, nice. things. Um, it is a celebration, as stated, of— People downtown, uh, many of whom I consider to be friends or colleagues, who uh, have relentlessly worked in the downtown area, lived in the downtown area, really made it into, you know, its modern day marvel in a lot of ways. And they deserve celebration. They deserve recognition. Absolutely. And this video delivers Mm -hmm. on that. So that's my positive side of things.
1: Okay, let's let's hear the negative.
2: Okay, here we go. Strap in. I don't understand who this is for or what this is about. It is a black and white slideshow with a voiceover talent from where I understand he's from is from Arkansas. I don't know if he's even been to Las Vegas or downtown. But anyway, he's reading text. You called it a poem. Uh, If it was in a poetry class that I was teaching, it would not get a very high grade because (laughs) it's just, you know, if, if, if I was being asked to break it down... I don't know what it's about. I don't know what it means. First they just list a bunch of of occupations. It's like whether you're a butcher or a baker or a candlestick maker, you mm-hmm. know, whether you're a cobbler or a haberdasher, you you know, you're welcome down here and it's like okay. And, but then they have all these platitudes. We don't we don't do labels downtown. Well, if you live downtown, some people do labels, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And then there's just these like you know, we're we all hitch our wagon to the same shining star. We 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 are breathing fire. That is the American dream. And then they show that damn praying mantis that I have never liked. But I don't understand why these platitudes. But I understand that the marketing company that was hired with ARPA funds, which were for recovery. So that is like you insinuated maybe a weird fit. I don't know what it's supposed to do. Is it supposed to make Vegas look like a very happy, gentrified, very white place where anyone can succeed, where everyone has opportunity with no issues? You know, it's a mixed bag for me. I appreciate that they probably the marketing company probably delivered exactly what they were asked to do. So I don't really have qualms with them. I just thought. You know, if you're going to do a poem, find a poet from Las Vegas who lives the downtown experience. If you're going to look for someone to talk, talk uh, Mm -hmm. from the downtown experience.
1: It's an interesting point you make, David, because they're saying that it's a celebration of the community. But it you're right. It doesn't feel like it's for locals. It feels like it might be catered more towards visitors, which kind of goes against what downtown Las Vegas is about because it's Mm -hmm. such a local place. So Jonah, I want, I'm wondering as someone who's new to Vegas, but you also work downtown, what did you think when you first saw the ad? Did you feel like it was for us or for customers or visitors?
3: I think I felt when I watched it, that it, it definitely appeals to people like me who are part of that community, but also new to it. Like everybody is down there just trying to make it and it's, It's a really cool conglomeration of, like, artistic collaborations. Hmm. But it does feel like they're sort of starting to get that tourist attraction vibe, Hmm. like with the connection of downtown and the Las Vegas Boulevard connecting Fremont Street to the Strip. I see that coming, so I feel like this is definitely a step in that direction. I don't know how I feel about that, but...
2: I mean, it was definitely well done, right? Layla, there was, there was. I mean, it was like a... It was like a Nike ad with an evangelical vibe, and that's what I think they were going for. So mission accomplished, but maybe that version of downtown, which maybe isn't the real version of downtown, uh, mm. might fall a little short when people actually come down and investigate themselves. But I was also thrown by the by the downtown Las Vegas. That's the real Las Vegas. And while I'm a lifelong downtowner and I love this, I mean, we're all the real Las Vegas. I, again, I just didn't understand yeah. what the, the copy was supposed to convey.
1: Especially that tagline, down for anything. To me, like I said, it feels like, what is this, like a dating app? I, the ad could have been <laughs> an ad for a dating app. And I get that they're trying to make downtown maybe accessible and wanting a lot of people to come down there. Like Jonathan Jostle said on our episode, he thinks that downtown is going to surpass the strip for right. the Las Vegas attraction in 10 years. But I think this that tagline, down for anything, just especially for the younger generation, probably doesn't give what it's supposed to be giving. I could definitely see that.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it seemed like it was an interesting draft, interesting presentation, could have benefited maybe from a little more public input if we ever figure out exactly what they were trying to accomplish with this in the first place. But again, it's a celebration. So on that side, success.
1: Yeah. Jono, is that drink like a celebration drink? Can it be a celebration cocktail?
2: Any cocktail can
3: be a celebration cocktail. Yes. if You you know, if you drink enough of them, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's a... and
2: Then you really are down for everything.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. Now, it's it's just a well-rounded cocktail. It's kind of spicy. It's got rye in it as well. Um, it's a refreshing like, it kind of goes anytime. So spicy
2: okay. and rye. that's that's downtown for sure.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? you need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system.
1: Let's move on to our next topic, which is hell dorado days. And as someone who I, and I love saying that I was born in Las Vegas. And as someone who's born in Las Vegas, I'm a little bit embarrassed that I don't know a lot about Hell Dorado days that was changed to Las Vegas days. And now it's back to Hell Dorado days again. So, David, tell me about that history and that change there. And why is it back again?
2: Ooh, I love when you ask me about history. So back in the 1930s, when, like, I don't know, maybe 16,000 people lived in Las Vegas, there was a fraternal order of Elks, I believe. Or, you know, fraternal orders exist. They're they're civic-minded. They decided that they were going to have a fundraiser. They decided to go with an old Westie theme. Uh, they did it large. Everyone loved it. I think the first one, which was like in 1935 or so... Uh, had 16,000 people, which is literally everyone in town. And so it just kind of happened year after year after year with parades and celebration of oldie West. And my guess is it was probably a little bit like dicey by modern standards, but I don't know. It went on for years and years and years. And they had a rodeo and all this other stuff. They had a giant parade. It was mostly downtown. And then they kind of got and caught some competition. It went away. Then they moved it to Las Vegas Boulevard. And that's when I remember it growing up, is that there was actually a parade down the Strip celebrating old Westy times.
0: Maytime time is El Dorado time in Las Vegas. Residents
3: and visitors alike go Western in celebration of the annual event. For five days and nights, there's a whirlwind of excitement and gaiety with parades, rodeos, and dozens of other festivities taking place during this Mardi Gras of the West.
2: You would see these floats that were elaborate representations of the themes at the different hotels. And so since every hotel is a theme, you would see the showgirls and the dice and all that stuff up and down Las Vegas Boulevard. And that started in the late, late 70s, I think like 79, '80. Um, and then we started drawing that kind of cowboy crowd and then the rodeo like the NFR and all those things started coming to town mm-hmm. and it overshadowed Helderado and Helderado just kind of went away. Fast forward to 2005, we were having the 100-year anniversary of the land auction that started Las Vegas. And the city of Las Vegas, with some funds, went to the Elks and said, let's bring Helderado back. And so they brought it back. Some of the things like the Whiskerino Contest, where gentlemen would grow their beards in outrageous ways. And, and there would be contests and all this other stuff that was kind of like a mix between an Old West Fair and a country fair. And that was going on for a while, and then that fell out of favor, and then they decided to rebrand it as Las Vegas Days to celebrate the anniversary of Las Vegas. Okay, it didn't really catch fire, I think. And then it went away, and now it's back as Hel Dorado again. The end.
1: Well, I have to say, I do like the name Heldorado a lot more. I feel like it's a lot more fun. Jonah, since you're new here, have you heard anything about Hel Dorado or uh, this side of Las Vegas history?
3: I actually have not. Um, mm. So this is a cool little thing to learn about. And also that little history lesson that David just gave me. I'm I, here for you, like, man. And Always. Also, I think I'm going to change my cocktail based on that little history lesson. Oh, oh okay. Well, tell us,
1: yeah, tell us um, what we're drinking at Helder Days. You can give us two if you want. So originally
3: I was going to go with the Corpse Reviver based on the name mm. of like reviving something that had been dead. Quote unquote dead. Mm. Which is a gin drink with uh, lemon, dry curacao, absinthe, and lily mm. blanc. Um, or Cokie Americano. So it's a very like light, summery, refreshing cocktail. But going with the cowboy thing, I think I'm going to switch it to a Boilermaker. Mm. Uh, a nice shot of beer, or a nice shot of whiskey and a beer seems a little bit more fitting for that theme of uh,
1: Heldorado. Yeah, it sounds like something that they probably would be drinking at Heldorado Days. So we see a lot of cowboy events, rodeos. I feel like that really leaked over from Dorado into the Las Vegas events structure. Mm -hmm. Um, It feels like there's a rodeo of some type all year round. So do we think that the Wild West is still an important part of this Vegas image today?
2: I I think it's part of our, our ethic for better and worse, like so many things. I mean, we are in the middle of the desert. We were part of the Wild West. We were a railroad town, a lot of cowboys out here and nearby at the time, uh, and and throughout. I, growing up, I remember always seeing even lawyers wearing cowboy hats and boots and things like that. So it's part of our aesthetic in a lot of ways. Jonah, do you see a lot of cowboys come into Esters?
3: I only really see the cowboys come into Esther's uh, when the rodeo is in town, like December. But the whole out west thing, man, that's one of the reasons I moved out here. You know, not necessarily for the cowboys themselves, but that that idea of you know moving out west to make your fortune. Mm-hmm. So Vegas has definitely got a little bit of that reputation outside of the outside of Nevada.
1: Yeah, that's really true. I feel like if anything stayed from the Wild West, apart from the cowboys in Las Vegas, it's that sense of opportunity. And I mean, we still get a bunch of people moving here because of the opportunity and the kind of what the city's built on. We're down for anything, apparently.
2: Including cowboys Absolutely. and their horses.
1: So that Heldorado Days parade is on May 13th, and it seems really fun. You can enter your own float, and they have <laughs> um, the commission has some awards for that. So check that out. That's May 13th, Heldorado Days.
2: Yeah, maybe CityCast Las Vegas will throw a float in there. What, what would you have on that, Layla?
1: Uh, the boiler drink. Definitely. If we're drinking anything.
2: Oh, nice. Yeah, we'd just be... We'd be hosing that on the crowd. I would just, like, just pump it, pump it, pump it. So, Jonah, you gotta get us a vat of that.
1: Oh, we can make that happen. Nice.
3: Yes, El Dorado days, like all of the days of the year, are happy days in Las
0: Vegas, Nevada. Las Vegas is rightly called the entertainment and fun capital of the world.
1: All right. So, our... Next topic, um, we saw some controversial events on the strip this week, namely at the Venetian Expo and Caesars Forum. Um, it is the Shot Show Convention from the Firearm Industry Trade Association. According to their website, it's the nation's largest professional event for sport shooting, hunting, and outdoor industry. That ends today. And part of that convention, was a private reception with Kyle Rittenhouse that was supposed to happen on Wednesday and it got canceled. For those of you who don't know who Kyle Rittenhouse is in 2020, he took a loaded firearm to a protest happening in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and shot three people and was later acquitted. So... His event got canceled. The officials from the Venetians' Grand Canal shops said they want to emphasize the event did not align with the property's core event guidelines. The SHOT Show happened as planned, um, but the Kyle Rittenhouse private reception did not. Jonah, I feel like we might be getting a a pretty stiff drink for for this round of news.
3: Yeah, I think uh, an adios motherfucker is a... uh... (laughs) a good one for this particular topic for mm-hmm. a number of reasons. Nadios motherfucker is a, is a riff on an LIT. Uh, so it's got rum, tequila, vodka, gin, triple sec, blue curacao, and it's topped with uh, Sprite or 7-Up. It's got a lot of booze in it. And it's also something that typically the younger crowd that doesn't really know about craft cocktails, drinks. So this is not something that I typically may... Actually, I can't even make this at Esther's Kitchen, so don't come and ask me for it. <laughs> uh, we don't carry blue curacao.
1: So David, tell me a little bit about how this cancellation played out. So, yeah, uh, there was this
2: event with Kyle Rittenhouse, which leaked out on social media, of course, big response to it. He's a very polarizing figure. And there's a local writer named Krista Diamond. She pointed out rightfully that this is on the very same street where the largest mass shooting in modern American history took place and how bad form that is. So uh, we did hear that the event was canceled, presumably by the venue inside the Venetian, not the Venetian itself, but the Venetian did issue a statement that said, you know, this doesn't reflect their values, presumably the Rittenhouse and not the gun show, which they booked in the first place. But um, the promoters then came out with a, a statement that sort of double down on the whole thing, saying they were going to do something anyway, or maybe not, and that this is woke Marxist culture or whatever that is, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, it, it obviously begs the question about having gun shows and celebrations, uh, especially a celebration of guns on Las Vegas Boulevard, where the Route 91 concert tragedy occurred.
1: And Joan, I'm curious to know what you think. Like David mentioned, this is happening on the same street as the largest mass shooting in modern times. Do you think October 1 has changed the public sentiment in Las Vegas around guns, or are we still seeing the same thing?
3: I, I don't know about Vegas. I remember when this happened because I actually had friends that were at a convention here when it went down. I think they were at Luxor when it happened. So that was even being in North Carolina at the time, it was a very shocking bit of news. I think it's good that that particular event was pulled. SHOT Show's got a lot of other things that they do besides just the sporting and uh, competition community. The military uses it as a big display for stuff as well. Mm. So I could definitely see maybe moving that away from the Strip being kind of a classier move. Yeah, There's plenty of places in Vegas where you could still hold that without having it as close. Um, but I don't think that somebody like Kyle Rittenhouse has any place to be speaking.
1: During. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the they say it's a sport shooting convention. So it's interesting that they even booked Kyle Rittenhouse to be a part of that. Mm. But do you hear your bar patrons talking about guns or gun ownership in Las Vegas?
3: The only people that I really talk to about guns are uh, anybody that sits down that's like law enforcement or military community. I used to work for the fire department, so somehow I always seem to sniff out who who those guys are when they sit down at my bar. But I haven't had a ton of conversations about it. I try not to talk about things like politics or guns or controversial topics at the bar.
1: It's just not good form. David, what do you think about the public opinion around guns post October 1st in Las Vegas?
2: Oh, I mean it's a mixed bag and we could probably talk about it for an entire week. We did booze week, we could probably do guns week. You know, going back to Helterado and and sort of the the wild westy theme. You know, guns are part of that culture as well and you know, we have that weirdo Nevada libertarian streak here. There are a lot of people who are really in love with the second amendment in ways that I don't think any founding father intended, but you know, uh we are a, a mixed bag ourselves. So I, I think it was a wake up call. There were a lot of weapons that were transported into a casino with the assistance of, you know, the casino staff without mm-hmm. knowing what was in it, uh, presumably. But by the same token, like, when have we really accomplished in the conversation in in Las Vegas or Nevada with regard to guns. And, you know, the legislature tackled a little bit of it, but I I still think that conversation about gun safety and keeping guns uh, in a secure place and having a requirement for people to know how to use guns and also maintain their weapons in a safe place and stuff like that, like those are low-hanging fruits and we we don't talk about those a lot. So I I don't know. I mean, 1 October is with us forever and it impacts a lot. I'd like to see it kind of impact more, but when you talk about guns, people really sort of take their sides, don't they?
1: To wrap things up on a bit of a lighter note, we had some rainy days recently. So how do Las Vegans <laughs> react to the rain? Poorly. Is it-
2: <laughs> I'm yes. just going to shout out right there. Poorly.
1: Yes. It's like the stages of grief. We're cycling through all of the emotions. So Jonah, what about you? Do you love it or do you hate it?
2: I like a
3: little bit of rain that I never see here because I miss that from back home. Uh, a month is too much. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. I'm over it. I'm ready for the sunshine to come back. That's why I moved to the desert. I'm here for the heat and the sunshine. So exactly. uh, you, can have your, you can take the rainy days back.
1: Mm-hmm. What is the perfect rainy day adult beverage?
3: Ooh. Hot buttered rum is a uh, kind of an old school thing. You don't see it very much. It's a little bit difficult to produce. So you don't see restaurants producing it very much, which is unfortunate because they're really tasty. Typically it's Jamaican rum, cloves, allspice, butter, hot water, Or you can use tea and some sugar or sweetener of your choice. And you get this nice, rich, warm drink that just sort of fills the holidays. just feels good on a rainy day, especially when it's as cold out as it's been.
1: Ooh.
2: And that's a hot buttered rum? Yeah. Nice.
1: Yeah, I might have to try that this weekend. What are your weekend plans, David, after all of this rainy weather?
2: Oh, well, the rain, you know, it's almost like a red flag. Stay inside because people are going to drive erratically. I've, yes. I probably see more headlights off at night during rainy times than any other time of the year. And I was just like, what is that all about? I mean, rainy days to me means run outside and turn off the sprinklers so that I'm conserving water because we need the water and I don't need to water. Even on my assigned day, do I need to water if it's raining outside? And so I'm trying to do my part on that side of things. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, rain is rain. I I, I like it, but I'm like, jonah it's like oh thank god the rain and then at some point you're like okay rain we get it how about you layla
1: personally i hate the rain i hate overcast (laughs) days as soon as i wake up and i see that it's overcast i just know i'm turning on twilight and i'm staying at home today and it's gonna be a day in i just i can't stand it
2: i'm just gonna let it pass that twilight is your go-to for rainy days (laughs) yeah it's It's the
1: perfect rainy day movie going
2: right past it layla no explanation necessary
1: No, not at all. Not at all. I grew up right in that twilight era. But one of the good things about the rainy days in Las Vegas is that we get some snow up in the mountains. So I'm going to drive up towards Mount Charleston. I don't think it's exactly Mount Charleston. I think it's McWilliams and go snowshoeing for the first time. We used to go like sledding up there a lot when I was a kid, but I've never been snowshoeing. So that's a bit of fun. And could be on anyone's weekend event list with all the snow that we see up in Mount Charleston because of the rain. So that's some a silver lining. Sounds fun. All right. So I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you so much, David and Jonah, for joining me today. And Happy Lunar New Year to all of those who celebrate.
3: Thank you so much for having me. And Happy Lunar New Year. All, all right.
1: right. That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. Our lead producer is Sonia Cho Swanson, and our producer is me, Leila Mohammed. Our newsletter editor is Scott Dickensheets, and our hosts are David Figler and Vogue Robinson. Music is by OG Moose and All the Kimonos. We record this show on the traditional homelands of the Naubi, the Southern Paiute people. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell a friend? Rate the show and leave us a review. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back Monday morning with more news from around the city. Talk soon.